welcome to We Bought a Mic for a very special Tribeca 2021 interview. Ooh. I'm Ernest. I am Hunter. And I'm Drew, but I'm a little bit more prestigious now. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we're, we're official boys. Yeah. I mean, not, are, not for any uh, filmmakers listening, not that we weren't before. Yeah, no, we were absolutely before. We had, I, we almost had Marty on, but we told him, step aside, we're getting some fresh young blood in here. Yeah, De Niro was like, yeah. look guys. Martin Short. Marty. You've been, you've been waiting, you've been waiting for your first official press coverage of a festival. Come, come to mine and come check out mine. Honey, we got it. And, uh. This film that we're about to discuss with the filmmakers is called Catch the Fair One. And it, at least on my end, is a very legitimate heavy recommend whenever it's released. Yes. It uh, it kind of knocked me on my ass a little bit. It's really good. It's not like a film festival great or something like that. I mean, because that sounds derogatory, but like it is legitimately a great film, extremely effective film. Yeah. It's it's a quick watch. It's like balls to the wall, intense from front to back. Uh, incredible performances. Super good directing. Um, general solid stuff like very 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 good so we uh we got a chance to talk to um joseph vladica who is the director and co-writer and uh callie reese Kaylee Kaylee reese Reese, uh who is two-time uh world champion boxer yeah, you're uh, you're gonna hear me flub a lot of names in these <laughs> interviews. I'm doing my best. Yeah, a little little tease for the listeners yeah. there. <laughs> we gotta tease out bits. Um, but yeah, K- Kaylee Rice, who hasn't acted before this film, you would literally never be able to tell. It's it. I told her myself, it's infuriating to hear that. <laughs> She's too good at it. Just like yeah, I went to acting school for like a month, and yeah, now she, I just came out she, as like a fucking one of the best performances um, of the year. Without stepping too much on the interview, she's playing uh, a an American boxer of indigenous descent, um, and the movie deals in an issue that she likes to advocate a lot for, which is uh, the missing and murdered indigenous peoples crisis that's mm-hmm. happening in America and probably everywhere. <laughs> um, well, primarily in the. Um, Northeast. Yeah, the American Northeast, even up to Canada, there was recently like a, a ginormous story about something similar. Um, it, yeah, this is a very unspoken crisis. This movie, I really hope, brings a lot of light to it because, on top of being uh, good hearted at its core, this movie is dark as night. It's not afraid mm-hmm. to uh, show you the, you know, the depths of where we're going here. It's executive produced by Darren Aronofsky, and it makes sense after you see this movie. Yeah, but it, it's it doesn't go into like metaphorical realms too much. It stays pretty. Yeah, grounded. it's very straightforwardly a like a character driven dark thriller. I would say, right? Yeah, like it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's at once beautiful, beautiful and brutal. Like so, to watch. so we don't know when you'll actually be able to watch this movie uh, unless you are attending the Tribeca Film Festival. Um, Which we should say um, for Tribeca at home, you can buy a either like just a virtual pass for the full fest or you can buy access to just this movie recommend it for this it's like 15 bucks right it's absolutely it's worth the price of a movie ticket to see this thing yeah the festival closes out uh in about eight days we're recording on june 12th um and i think it runs until the 20th um so i don't know if they'll keep movies open past that day yeah they'll probably be the last day (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, without further ado, here's our conversation with the team from Catch the Fair One. Enjoy. behind Catch the Fair One, which is in competition at Tribeca. Um, we have director Yosef Vladika. How's it going? Good. How you doing? Good, good. And also Kaylee Reese. Hi. Hello. How are you? We're doing so right. well. Uh, we want to jump in right away. There's so much to talk about. <laughs> First of all, congratulations uh, with the film. Incredible. So impressive, mm -hmm. visceral, effective. Wow. Um, but we want to start at the beginning. Um, how did you two meet? Uh, Joseph, if you want to start. Uh, sure, sure. Okay. How did you meet Kaylee and, and, and what's the story to your collaboration? Sure, sure. Um, um, this collaboration started at the beginning of 2017. Um, I was just myself getting interested in boxing and learning about boxing. Um, and I found Ko through a friend in social media through his boxing gym. Um, and at the time, you know, I was drawn to her just not only because she was a world class boxer, but also as an artist and an activist. You know, she uses her platform to speak out on issues that she really cares about. And I'm a filmmaker that's trying to do a similar thing. So I reached out to her because I wanted to meet up with her and, and just talk to her and get to know her a little bit. So I borrowed my friend's car and drove up to Providence and brought a little camera and just started hanging out with her, interviewing her. Um, and at the time she was training for a fight. So um, I asked her if I could tag along just to go see her, you know, hit the bags and go to this gym. So we go to this our typical really hot, um, intense boxing gym with like world-class dudes in there, jacked up, sweaty, very hot. <laughs> and, uh, and there's KO there going through her routines, doing her thing. Um, and then it comes time to start sparring. And she, you know, she takes her cheek piercings out, puts her headgear on and starts getting in the ring and going toe to toe with these guys. Um, and it was just in that moment, an inexplicable thing as a filmmaker, this truth to power, you know, I want to, I want to bring this to the screen. I want to, I found like a star basically is what, what I felt like. Wow. Um, and one thing that KO is really, uh, you know, she advocates for and talks about is the mission and murdered indigenous crisis that's going on in North America. It's something she speaks out a lot on. I was also learning and researching about it at the time in 2017. So we came together and started talking about possibly making a film together. Um, initial idea of a woman searching for a sister because both her and I, we have siblings, something older siblings that helped raise us. And it was a theme that was really important to us. Um, so from there, over the course of two years, you know, we started collaborating together and working on preparing her for the film, but I also wanted her perspective and insight on the story and creating the characters and the world. Um, so it was really two artists coming together to, to, to make this film and we shot it right before the pandemic um, at the end of 2019. So very much a, a long collaboration that was always in flux, 
lots of ups and downs, never finding money, all the, all the usual stuff for indie film. Classic. <laughs> Got yeah. off with a DM and now here we are. <laughs> well, it was good timing, at least, that you started yeah. at that time and not a couple months later. Um, oh, that's true. I mean, we wouldn't have been able to shoot the, uh, the film. Would have, if it happened during the pandemic, this film would never exist. No. We, wouldn't, yeah. we wouldn't be able to bounce back and do it again. Yeah, you already have so many barriers in your way, you know, with a with a lower budget situation. Exactly, like you, exactly. Yeah, you really yeah. got to take what you can get. Um, so, Kaylee, before this, was there any acting background? I mean, I have an artistic background, very musical background. Um, and there was some acting. Uh, my grandmother did a bunch of acting. We did a lot of performing arts, like in plays. I would go to do church plays. But I was always doing some kind of character or something. My mother will tell you. I was always doing something around the house, being a very expressive kid. I'm the baby, one of five. So I just had all, all the energy. But there was no ever on film acting. Um, I had aspirations of it. And a week before he um, slid into my DM, <laughs> I had put out, you know, I'm very huge on manifesting. kind of just, you know, I put out some universe. I'm really interested in getting into acting. I really wanted life outside of boxing. I don't know how, I don't know where to start, but if it's meant to be, then, you know, something will happen. And a week later, I got an inbox from Joseph Kabuda-Wadika talking about, do you want to act in a movie? So. That, that's so unfair to hear that you're just naturally better at two things than I will ever be at one. It is such a high caliber performance. Yeah, it's so it's like, crazy. if you didn't know that you weren't a trained actor, like nobody would assume otherwise. Yeah, you'd be like, oh, they taught this actor how to box really well. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. No, I appreciate that. He saw it in me before I saw it in myself. And after building such a friendship, I trusted what he was saying. I was like, all right, I guess I'm all right then. <laughs> okay. It was a, it was a, I mean, it wasn't like, it was a process, you know? I mean, it, like I said, it was, we were working on preparing her all the way up until shooting. And there was a, there was an element of me working with her, you know, having a camera, we would do a lot of like exercises and improvisations and explorations of scenes and so on and so forth. I would bring my friend who was an actor who helped out a lot and we would, we would act these scenes and work on it constantly over the time. But I knew like it needed to be taken a step further, even as we were getting closer to production, just to kind of help her prepare more in the sense of being on a set and the logistic and, and how to stay present, you know, in those scenes, because they're pretty intense scenes. So uh, my friend recommended uh, uh, this amazing acting coach, Sheila Gray, um, who's very well known here in New York. And uh, Kaylee came and crashed in my studio apartment and we, I threw her into this uh, acting boot camp <laughs> with Sheila. And I think that was sort of the thing that really, it really she gave her some more tools, you know, to, yeah. to really prepare. She, she explained to me what I already had, how to use it, and how to tune in, especially for that. It wasn't a, like, it wasn't a comedy that I was going into. It was something that I was diving into a character that had so many similarities and parallels to my real actual life and really being an indigenous woman that knows what it feels like to be around people that have this sense of loss and rage because of this crisis that's been going on since the dawn of time. Mm -hmm. It was important for me to understand that and be able to, Get the best performance I could while entertaining, but bringing awareness. I got you wrapped up. Now here's what we're trying to say. Mm -hmm. I mean, that comes off completely in your performance, like in the performance and in the story, which I know you also have credit on. There's like a real sensitivity that's coming from a place that is very earnest that comes through so well. Um, Joseph, I wanted to ask you um, or Kaylee, if this was your idea with the story, um, but I was really taken in by the fact that the lack of establishing shots and kind of the fact that an actual location is never 
stated to add like a little bit of a universality to the film? Was that always something that you two intended whenever you're making this project? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, coming from the indigenous standpoint, because it was a story about all indigenous people and just like in my boxing, I fight for all nations. It's not just my tribe or it's not just indigenous people to North America. It's indigenous people, indigenous to whatever land all around the globe. So it was important for me to know that this is not my story. This is not a real story. This is not an answer, but this is just a representation of what happens here. So let's not make it specifically in a location or tribal specific, you know? Um, and, and to answer your question about establishing shots and stuff like that, I mean, you know, the, the, her behavior and her character really was the, was the anchor of, of the film. You know, I, she, we always wanted to take for the story, you know, the emotions of the, and the frustration and the rage and all the feelings and put it on the shoulders of this character and have it be in her body language and in her eyes. And she doesn't talk a lot, you know, and she kind of be the propelling force that, you know, rips us through this sort of roller coaster ride that that we go on into into a dark journey. Um, so, um, yeah, the, the, you know, I always feel like you know, suggest don't show is always a little bit more scary and leaves the audience to think more and and, and do a deeper dive. You know, and that's that's really you know something that we kind of double down on with the story in the film and, and just the storytelling style you know we don't there's not a lot of setup you know we wanted to make a film where you kind of just get dropped in and it's unrelenting it just it just yeah, goes it, when it goes it goes yeah. this this it, it had the mark of a really great film where it and not only is it like insanely intense for the duration but you could not guess what locations were going to end up at you know like where the scene is going to take you at any moment um, I wanted to ask about casting in general because you get insanely good performances out of like all the way down to what you would normally call like day players. They're coming in and, and batting a thousand for just like a single scene. Um, what was the casting process like? Like, where are you shooting this? Uh, well, we shot it in Buffalo, New York, uh, upstate New York. Um, and local casting director, Pete Johnson, shout out to Pete, great guy, um, through uh, the Seneca, Seneca tribe community. We found some of the indigenous casting through 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 him, um, and then obviously the uh, the bigger the bigger role. I mean, you know, there's Kevin Dunn, there's Lisa Emery from Ozark. You know, they, um, so that was our wonderful um, casting director, Allison Swatziak, working her magic to convince them to come in for one day. You know, to do this film, and uh, and to be honest, you know. My first film, uh, it, it, it was all with non-actors, you know, and, and this in between this film and that film, I've, I've done a lot of television directing, which will, will get you very uh, seasoned very quickly working with seasoned actors because they just show up on set and you shake their head and you shoot the scene. So, yeah, they're, they're good um, to go. <laughs> so in a way, it was a kind of a hybrid. It, it helped me prepare to have them come in because they're just coming for one day, you know, to just do these small little parts um, and then just already having an understanding of how to work with them and stuff like that. Um, but the, you know, the other, you know, one of the standouts is, uh, Shelly Vincent, uh, her trainer, her friend, she's also another world-class famous boxer who at the time when me Ko first started hanging out was Kaylee's roommate. Um, so, um, and she is amazing. I think she does an amazing job in the film. Um, and so, you know, we, some of the best stuff we shot are impro- improvisations between the two, two of them to prepare, you know, but, um, but I love working with real people too. So it's, it's, it's kind of like a, 
a hybrid of that getting getting performances out of people who aren't necessarily trained actors yeah you can you can definitely see that one of the first things i wrote down watching this was there's no way that the trainer is also another non-actor because this is too good yeah but- <laughs> Never acted before, man. That's my homie. <laughs> Kaylee, can you uh, talk a little bit about the boxing itself? We do get one really great boxing sequence in this movie. Uh, how did that process for preparing for that differ from just regular boxing training? Was it choreographed? Like, and and even you know, acting itself can sometimes be a very demanding uh, physical task. Like. Did you find any similarities in in the prep work for any of that? Oh, absolutely. It's very, very parallel. As soon as I started really understanding what it would take to even make a movie, write a movie, but actually acting in the movie, the work ethic that I have and anything I do, especially with boxing, is the same kind of work ethic I brought to acting. And I just wanted to make sure I had sharpened my tools to the best of my ability to put on the greatest performance. Because even though boxing is quote unquote fighting, it's a performance. There's a ring, it's like a stage. You have to have ring generalship. You have, you know, your ring music, you look good, you feel good. It's a performance and entertaining. So absolutely the same type of work ethic. I was in camp for the whole, I call it like shoot camp. It was, you know, we were shooting a movie, but I was, you know, training to ultimately end up with what we have now. So absolutely. I mean, as far as the boxing sequences, it was really easy to do it because I've been boxing since I was about 14. <laughs> I've known Shelly. We've trained together before. But to understand with, with Joseph's knowledge of just film and how it needed to look and the, you know, how it needed to come across, it was fun to play around with that because it's going through the motions, doing pad work and kind of knowing. But, you know, the sparring scenes, which you see, there's not much that's... Um, <laughs> It's not much as choreographed. Because, yeah, it you know, felt very real. <laughs> it was very real. Yeah. That is my older cousin that was hitting me. <laughs> <laughs> so they're not so holding back then. I mean, not... obviously, he was a cruiserweight champion. Right? Yeah, he was a cruiserweight champion. He works. He's a current coach of mine that works my my corner. So he was he was baffled at that. But he was like, "Yo, this is the greatest thing ever. I get to hit you." I'm like, "No, this is not." <laughs> it was very real, but. Obviously, for the sake of, you know, the camera work, there were some points that we needed to know, but we were, we were really sparring. <laughs> yeah. So so you're in your element for these scenes. What about uh, for you, Joseph? Like, are there any reference points you're, you're taking from to shoot boxing in particular or just the movie at large? Like this character driven, uh, hyper intense, like dark as night feel. Are there any, uh, you know, sort of filmic reference points you're coming from? Um, I mean, well, in terms of the boxing, I mean, I don't I mean. I, you know, Rocky is like one of my all-time favorite. I, I still think that's one of the greatest films ever made. You Rocky know? won. Rocky won. Oh, yeah. Rocky won. I mean, like, uh, the, how about Creed? You fans of Creed? Creed, Creed is amazing. Ryan Very well done. Right. That's a great. And actually, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I looked at sequences from that and from Rocky, like, because there's some amazing sequences in both those films for the boxing. The overall aesthetic of the, the film, obviously, is very different because it's a genre and it's a thriller. So, you know, um, there was lots of different references that I pulled from, but really it was a collaboration with my cinematographer. You know, we really wanted to make the film build off sort of the ideas of um, the themes of absence and loss and, 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 and really sort of applying that to all the department heads and, and how we choose the locations and the colors and how we shoot it um, and sort of just building off of that. So there's lots of influences, obviously. 
Denis Villeneuve is like probably the legend of all legends in my mind right now. Like one of the greatest working directors in the big system, you know? You're, you're playing um, to the right audience here with that. I did want to take a, a, a moment to just voice like how good it felt to see uh, native actors in, in roles that can that didn't necessarily like have to go to a native person mm -hmm. really feels good to see that and without giving away the ending because i love the ending of this movie and i don't want to spoil it for anyone listening but we do see a traditional powwow uh sort of sequence at the end there and i was watching it with my girlfriend and she is from that same region up in massachusetts um and she just bus burst into tears like remembering oh, wow. her native american um heritage she's she's all kinds of she's native american puerto rican cape verdean but she has a tie hey. to that <laughs> <laughs> she saw honestly she saw herself in this character she was like That's i could probably do that in, in an alternate timeline yeah, like somebody fucked with my sibling i would definitely kill them i would hunt yeah. them down and murder them <laughs> but that moment when we see the 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 sort of like walk up powwow the drum, the drumming out of the yeah i mean that's she well, she just started bawling just tears tears like i am choking up right now just thinking about like how uh important it must be to to put something like that on screen when we we never well, that, see things like you that know, that all comes from the real the real deal i mean that's how that's how kaylee enters the ring, you know, she gets drummed out by her people. And um, I've been there, I've been there, I've been there, I've seen it in many different iterations. I've seen it, I've been in the green room back with her and gone out as she was being drummed out. Um, I've seen it from ringside when she had a fight um, not too long ago when me and Daniel came. Um, and then I saw it on HBO when she was, you know, the first female boxing match in the 45 year history of HBO. So we knew that that, that, that there's just something extremely powerful about putting that in. And, um, and uh, I, I'm trying not to spoil the ending, but she's with, she's with her people in her place, if that makes sense. Um, and you can speak about also just what that means for you, the, the drum out, right? Like the, the as a fighter. Yeah, as, yeah, as a fighter um, and just to be able to represent a people that get so forgotten and so just pushed aside and were something else and uh, people of the past, I always made it a point to once I discovered what my purpose was with boxing, it's not just, you know, for Instagram likes, I could care less if anybody sees it, but the, what my people know I fight for and being a modern day warrior and energy is such a real thing. And I always say that nobody can tell you how you pray. You can pray or you, nobody can tell you what your medicine, your energy is. And this is my medicine. This is my energy for my people. Some have the gift of songs some have the gift of drum, gift of herbs, gift of everything. I just have a gift of boxing. I have a gift of fight for battle, for fighting for and standing up for what I believe in. And especially being a mixed indigenous woman um, to have the Native American community behind me and be quote unquote accepted. Um, is really huge for me because I'm so proud of what I am and there's so much anti-Black acceptance in the Native American community. So when you're mixed, you're not Black enough or Cape Verdean enough, you're not Native enough. So in a representation, again, not to give it up, but it, she's in her place. She's finally where she wants to be. And so it's really important in the film and in reality to be there, to have my people advance 
and sing and drum with me out to battle to have that collective frequency and that energy just to put it out to, to for our people. We're here. We we gotta we gotta wrap up here. Unfortunately, we're pretty much out of time. But I did want to give you a chance to uh plug your advocacy work because you've hinted at the fact that uh this story is based in a real terrible honest truth of real events and and uh to shout out my girlfriend again she's from new bedford massachusetts and she talks about how the events of this movie are in the local news all the Mm -hmm. time and it's a huge huge problem so as we wrap up like please like let people know what they can do to help to to do something about this this horrible reality of, of this human trafficking. Stay educated. No. Tell people, have the conversation. Stay educated. The more people that know that don't know, there could be more preventative actions that we be taken. There could be more access to resources to the communities and the people and the, and the families that lost the loved ones are still searching, but they don't have right now. There are also going to be more eyes to be on, um, you know, and uh, mainstream media. So those perpetrators and those that vulnerability that's on Native American people, not just women and boys as well they're not going to go for somebody who everybody has eyes on now when nobody knows nobody cares you know what i mean that's some cliche but it's out of sight out of mind educate yourself even if you're in if you like politics god bless you first of all but if there's a state legislature or a state law that's trying to be passed or maybe there's a, um, a state representative that's not passing a law that may help more resources get to that type of community just look up, be educated, have those conversations, pick up that little thing in your hand and you're probably watching this on and just type in MMIW in Google and then just take that, that ride and just educate yourself. That's yeah. I will. Congratulations to the both of you on that front, because this feels like the type of movie that will reach a lot of eyes uh, post tribeca. This, I hope so. I hope it so. had a really special feel to it. I was, <laughs> I, I couldn't um, not look at it. Like it was, it's an incredible oh, thank movie. You. Thank you. Um, that, that means so much. You oh, know, absolutely. I, as a filmmaker, I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's going to find an audience. I can tell you yeah. right now from this because of how effective it is, but story-wise directing the performances. Yeah. Um, I'm I, like, well, I'm watching this. I'm writing down as I'm watching. Can we, let's make this a mini series, yeah. a TV show. Let's go like this idea. <laughs> It's 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 lovely. We um, don't have any money to offer you to help produce these ventures, <laughs> but hey, it's a lot more valuable than money. Just <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. We really, really appreciate it, and good luck uh, with uh, the the filming competition. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I am pulling for you because I was so impressed by this movie. Thank you. Man. Congratulations thank you, man. and best of luck. Thank you, thank you so both for your time. Thank oh, you. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That was our conversation with Joseph and Kaylee. Great talk. Great talk. Um, didn't get a chance to ask them the cage question that we're asking everybody. That we I'm going to go out on a limb. We're on a we're on a clock and 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 we went well over. We, we did. Went over. We had 15 Apologies. minutes. If you're listening, you're probably looking at the timestamp and saying like, "Huh, isn't this like close to 30 minutes now at this point?" Yes, that is correct. Um, if They're I had so, to make a so guess, kind, though. they were so nice. yeah, they were. If cool I had to guess, I would say that Kaylee would say. Um, uh, bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. Just a guess. Um, I would mm. guess that Joseph would say, what do we think? Um, wind talkers? No. I'm just, You're I'm just being picking, offensive now. <laughs> no, I'm just picking, I'm picking cage <laughs> things. That was not anything to do with anything. <laughs> I mean, you could have. Maybe, maybe Vampire's Kiss. <laughs> 
I would no, no. If we're if we're really choosing, I say Joseph picks leaving Las Vegas. Uh, Kaylee picks. Man, that's raising a Arizona. Con Air. Oh. Okay. Maybe they both go face off. You don't know. Maybe they both go sixty minutes. Eight millimeter. Sixty minutes. <laughs> Gone sixty seconds. The CBS <laughs> weekly program. Remember when uh, Cage just like hosted sixty minutes? Yeah, for like thirty years. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this special Tribeca episode. Um, please check out all the other Tribeca goodies that we have for you. Yeah, in podcast and written form. Hunter's mm-hmm. the one cranking the most of them out. Um, so check out the website webottomike.net. Check out all the other episodes. Please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, uh, donate. Thank you for all the donors. Uh, and uh, yeah, anything else, boys? Uh, no. Take Stick care. around for more. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.